And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zibna, alongside me as usual, CFP Allison DeBrill. Together we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what else and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management, with customized, ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. That's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success, because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it as a choice, because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the Investment markets, with the economy, with insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401Ks, 403Bs, TSP, IRAs, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, Social Security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts, all that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. Tonight we are going to talk about birthdays. Say it's your birthday. (laughs) My birthday too, yeah. Uh, actually, it's really going to be more about milestones and, and ages you need to pay attention to. So birthdays are always fun to celebrate when you're growing up, when you're young. I think most young people just can't wait to get to a certain milestone, 16, then 18, then 21. And then eventually, I think the pendulum swings the other way and people don't like celebrating their birthdays anymore. Kevin, you are one of them. You don't like to be acknowledged on your birthday, I know. I don't like the fuss. I don't like to be the center of attention. Yeah, so everyone know that right. if you want to make Kevin uncomfortable, right. you make a big deal about his birthday. <laughs> yes, and that'll do it. <laughs> but there are certain milestones that you need to be aware of um, as you are planning for retirement and in retirement. So some are good, some are things to look forward to, and some are maybe not so fun and exciting, but important nonetheless. So we want to talk about these and help you mark your calendars. Right. Certain ages uh, are pivotal in the financial planning process, uh, allow you to do certain things at certain times. Helpful to be mindful of these milestones and age markers so that uh, you don't miss them and you can take full advantage of whatever opportunities come your way as you reach certain birthdays. So let's kick things off with the 
young age of age 50. Mm -hmm. It's young in my eyes still. Mm. Uh, So when you turn 50, mm -hmm, there is that's a milestone. And it's it's a good one, depending on how you look at it, because when you turn 50, you can now start contributing more to your retirement plans. Mm -hmm. So you are now eligible for catch up contributions. For a 401k plan, that means you can add for 2023, note that these numbers change each year, but for 2023, you can add an additional $7,500 to your 401k plan, 403b, TSP, uh, tax-deferred company retire, company-sponsored retirement plan, and an extra $1,000 to your IRA if you're making traditional or Roth IRA contributions. So what's the totals for each Yes, good question. So the total for a company-sponsored retirement plan is 30000 with the catch-up. If you're 50 or older. Mm-hmm. And a traditional or Roth IRA for 50 and over is 7500 per mm-hmm. year. Now, there are limits. It depends on your taxable income. You can't contribute more than your taxable income. And uh, not everyone's eligible to do all of that, but the purpose of this show tonight is to know that at 50, you can stock more money away. And most of us are in our higher or even peak earning years in our 50s, and maybe the kids are starting to hopefully uh, spread their wings and fly and get off the payroll. And so it's a great time to maximize savings as you start to gear up for retirement. Yeah, so 50, the first milestone marker of birthdays that you want to pay attention to, allow you to stock away a little bit extra money uh, once you hit that age. All right, we're going to pause right here. We've got a caller on the line, uh, Herb. Good evening, Herb. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, you guys. That is the key, common sense. And you want to Google something? Google the death of common sense back in the 90s. It's really true. But that is the one thing that young folks especially could exercise when it comes to looking to the future. I know that's difficult for them in their late teens or early 20s, but I don't care whether you make a dollar a week or a thousand dollars a week, put something away for a rainy day. And if your employer offers you a retirement plan and a matching, take it to the max because you don't have the slightest idea when you get to that age of God says it's time to retire that you're going to be able to make it. Mm-hmm. How old are you, Herb? 82, looking to be 100 in 2040. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, and when did you start socking away some money for a rainy day? Uh, probably when I was selling popcorn and peanuts in uh, 1950 and delivering newspapers. Uh, yeah, hey, like I said, doesn't matter how much you make, sock some away for a rainy day. And by the way, y'all were making some disparaging remarks about birthdays. Guess what? Having birthdays is better to be celebrated than not be able to celebrate. That's right. I always say it's better than the alternative. (laughs) Y'all keep up the good work and keep freaking that message. I hope more people are listening. All right, Herb, thanks for the words of wisdom. We really appreciate it. God bless you. Bye. Yeah, along those lines, uh, my my stepdaughter has a job, and she's only 16, so she's very young, but we we have... I guess I want to say encouraged, but it's kind of required (laughs) Um, her to set aside 20% of every paycheck. And 
she will very easily be financially secure at a, a very young age if she can keep that habit up all mm-hmm. the way. So it's the earlier you start, the better. And that's a, a key word there. It's a habit. Uh, as soon as you start making some income, as soon as you have a job, you have income, you have opportunity for financial security some point in the future. And it doesn't take a lot of money to one day have a lot of money if you have a lot of time on your side. And so when you're starting when you're in your teens for your first summer job uh, or when you're fresh out of high school and you get your first paycheck or college, that's the time to start. Yes, there will be a lot of competing interests for that money, but just getting in the habit is step number one. Now, if you didn't start when you were 16, don't worry, I didn't either. But if you didn't start that early, that's what these catch-up contributions are for. So we're talking about age 50 being the first, uh, one of the first big milestones you want to look out for. That's your opportunity to put more away if you are playing Mm catch-up so that you can prepare for the next phase. So after age 50, well, I guess I'll I'll include age 55 because our tax law can never make anything uniform Mm -hmm. and um, common sense. But age 55 is when you can make a catch-up contribution to a health savings account. So if you are contributing to a health savings account, we love these accounts. We talk about them a lot. Um, once you reach age 55, then you can put a catch-up contribution of an extra $1,000 for a total contribution of eighty-seven fifty per year for this year if you have a family plan. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that as well. Mm-hmm. So up to, uh, for those of you covered by a uh, healthcare family plan, $8,750 this year, triple tax advantaged on those health savings account, which is the reason that we like them. Tax deduction for money that goes in, uh, it can grow either through investments or, or interest, uh, tax deferred, and if it comes out for qualified uh, medical expenses, then it comes out tax-free. So uh, get a lot of bang for your buck with a health savings account. Mm-hmm. Then the next milestone is uh, another positive, I would say. It's 59 and a half. And most people are pretty aware of this age. This is the magic age that allows you to withdraw from your retirement accounts, so your IRA or your 401k or TSP, without penalty. So if you withdraw money from a retirement account before 59 and a half, you will pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty and you'll pay taxes. If you wait until after 59 and a half, you still pay taxes, but you won't have that early withdrawal penalty of 10%. Also the age in which some company retirement plans allow you to make what's called in-service withdrawals. So if you don't have a very robust uh, or sophisticated company retirement plan, 401k, 403b, some company plans will allow you, while you're still employed at that company, to make an in-service withdrawal or in-service rollover, take that money out of the unsophisticated plan with few good investment options and roll it over into a self-directed IRA where you might have more choice and more options. So uh, plan dependent, but 59 half, we see that a fair amount. 
Now, just another comment about 59 and a half, and I'm going to steal Kevin's words. Just because you can withdraw penalty-free doesn't mean you should. Correct. So we would encourage you not to jump to this right when you turn 59 and a half unless there is a uh, good and uh, sound reason to do this as a, hopefully a part of a long-term financial plan. All right, talking about key milestones and birthdays to be aware of. If you want to jump in on this conversation or anything having to do with your own personal financial situation, give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zibna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, check us out online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about key birthdays and milestones to be aware of that can help enhance your overall financial situation. Yes, we talked about age 50 being the age that you can start making extra contributions to your retirement plans. And then on the flip side, age 59 and a half is when you can start withdrawing from your retirement plans penalty-free. So the next milestone that we hit is age 60. So age 60 is not going to apply to everyone, but I wanted to make sure we mentioned it. That's the age where if you are a widow, that's the youngest age you can claim Social Security on your deceased spouse's Social Security record, unless there are minor children. If you have minor children, uh, there are different rules that apply to you. But if you have your spouse pass away, age 60 is the earliest you could take a benefit from their Social Security earnings. And that would be a reduced benefit, but widows do have options, more options than anyone else with Social Security because you can take a widow's benefit and then later switch to your own uh, or vice versa. So there there are a lot of options and know that age 60 is when those start to become available. But for most people, age 62 is the first milestone for Social Security. So age 62 is the earliest age you can claim Social Security. When you claim at 62, it will be a reduced benefit. It's reduced, it depends on your age, but it's reduced somewhere around 30, 35% from your uh, full benefit if you claim at age 62. But there can be some good reasons to do that. We Mm -hmm. do a deep analysis for our clients on when to claim, and um, it's not always a certain answer. For some people, it is 62. For some people, it may be 70 or anywhere in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Just know that the Social Security claiming decision is uh, relatively complex. There are a lot more options than people are aware of. 62, the first age when people can claim their uh, retirement benefit. And overwhelmingly, I believe it's about two-thirds of us here in the United States do claim the Social Security benefit at age 62. Now, 
rarely does that make sense if you are still working, if you're still employed and earning income. Um, so uh, some, that's something that needs to go into the analysis. Otherwise, you're going to find that benefit uh, reduced um, unnecessarily by the amount of income that you're that you're working while you're getting that reduced benefit. So, uh, again, another more another wrinkle in the Social Security claiming strategy. And while most people do claim it at 62, it's probably not in your benefit if you're still working. Yeah, those are complicated rules, but you're right. You're, if you claim at 62 and you earn more than a certain amount each year, your benefit is reduced. Now, this is a temporary reduction, so eventually you'll get it back, but it would take you a long time to recoup it. And really, if you're working, why claim then? If, mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you really need the money, that's a different situation, but for the most part, if you're still working let your benefit grow. And there could be really good reasons to take it at uh, age 62. We find sometimes when we do a a deep dive, even people who can wait and defer their Social Security uh, benefit to full retirement age, which is now around uh, 66 and 67. right. Yeah, this year. Depending Mm -hmm. on when when you were born. But 66 and 67 is the full uh, benefit age for for most people, or you can delay all the way up to age seventy. And every year that you delay that from age sixty two, that benefit increases about eight percent each year, and that's uh, that's a, basically a guaranteed eight percent growth. And when you get a guaranteed eight percent, we usually say take it if the time is right. So, age 60 for widows possibly taking the Social Security benefit. Age 62 is the first opportunity for the rest of us. All right, we're going to run out to Norfolk right now and get a quick question from Jim. Good evening, Jim. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hello. Um, if you uh, if you delay your, your Social Security, collecting your Social Security until you're 70, um, and you don't hit, I mean, I guess... I guess uh, technically the day you turn 70 is the day that you're eligible to receive that, that, that larger benefit. What, what if you miss, what if you don't get all of whatever the, the proper paperwork is done? And let's say you miss it by six months or even a year. Do you, do you, do you collect that money that you would have collected from the day you turn 70 or do you just lose it? Good question, Jim. So first, the application, you can submit your application for benefits, I believe, up to four months in advance of when you want it to start. So it would never be a bad idea when you're 69 and six months to put your application in and um, and start that clock so that it pays right away. If you apply late, they will pay retroactive benefits. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head how far back they go. I don't think it would be a full year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a short window where they would pay retroactive benefits. But that benefit would not grow any past age 70, if that makes sense. Yes, I, I, I've, I've missed my 70th birthday, and I did receive a letter, that, and they said um, it, it's not to your advantage. There is no advantage to waiting beyond 70 because it, it's, it, the benefit is what it is. And uh, But I was just wondering whether I've lost 
Sorry about that. Uh, where those, those those payments, those monthly payments, or whether uh, they will they will retroactively pay me. But I guess you've answered that. I guess it may be a, a year. Yeah, we th- we think there's some retroactive uh, payment there, Jim. We're going to do a little research. We're going to come back right after the break, and we'll talk about this on the backside. Stick around. We'll be back in just a few minutes after the news. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you got some nuanced questions, you want to speak to a live human being, give us a call at the office, 456-2200. want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, May 23rd at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't get this show live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., get it as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your leisure. And for those of you into social media, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, hit that like button, and about once every week you see an interesting, informative financial planning post. All right, tonight we're talking about significant birthdays and milestones and actions you can take along the way to enhance your financial situation. If you want to talk about that or anything having to do with your personal financial situation, give us a call on the studio line, 627-7979. All right. We're working our way up. We have reached age 65, the magic milestone for Medicare. So if you don't already know this, 65 is when you are eligible for Medicare, and you have a seven-month window for which you can apply for your benefits. That's three months before your birth month, the month of your birth month, and then three months after. So if you are going to enroll, you want to make sure you do it during that window. If you are still employed and you are still eligible for health insurance through your employer, you can delay claiming Medicare. You don't have to go on it if you still have coverage. But anyone who doesn't have coverage needs to take steps to do that. And um, I don't think many people know that there are independent brokers, insurance brokers, that can help you navigate all of the Medicare enrollment um, intricacies because there are there's an alphabet soup of choices. There's mm-hmm. Medicare part A and B through the government, but then there's C, D, E, F. There's all sorts of uh, letters. D- different levels <laughs> of coverages. Right. Yes. There you go. Right. And so um, there are specialists, insurance specialists that can help you. And it it 
they are compensated by the insurer, the insurance company. So it is not um, an extra cost to you to go through them. They can help simplify and make sure that you are getting the right drugs that you need and the right coverage for your personal situation. Yeah, they get paid by uh, a commission from selling the insurance products, but it's no uh, cheaper if you try to go it alone. So uh, we believe that uh, you can uh, benefit by having good financial insurance advice uh, to help you steer you towards the most appropriate uh, Medigap policy uh, for you. So we often uh, will even uh, refer our clients to uh, insurance brokers to make sure that they get the right coverage when it comes to filling in the gaps around Medicare. And a word of reassurance, because many people worry about health costs, health care costs in retirement. Um, we see a lot of retirees. We work with them throughout all uh, through sickness and, and health, and we mm-hmm. see all sorts of um, health problems. Mm-hmm. And by and large, if you have Medicare and then your supplement or a even an Advantage program, um, most things do get covered by Medicare, and there is relatively little out-of-pocket for for Medicare and a supplicare, supplemental plan. And uh, Medicare and TRICARE, now that's the gold standard. You're mm-hmm. not going to pay much out-of-pocket at all. Yeah, um, a lot of people are very um, fearful of what medical expenses can be later in life when you tend to use a lot of health care, um, especially expensive health care like replacement of knees or hips or maybe some heart surgery. Um, we've had clients have all of those things. And we can t- say, rep- report from a practice standpoint that uh, Medicare and its subsequent other coverages uh, does a pretty darn good job of covering the bulk of the costs. Yeah, I just want to clarify what I said, though. I I lumped Medicare Advantage in there. Medicare Advantage is is a different animal, and you could end up paying more out-of-pocket eventually if you have um, health issues later on in life. So just know that there are different plans that may suit different people, and you can get help navigating it. All right, going to run out to Virginia Beach right now and speak to Joey. Good evening, Joey. You are on Dollars and Common Sense. Good evening. Thanks, uh, you guys, for doing the show. So is there any advantage to putting off? I'm 63, you know, and I don't plan on retiring until 70, but is there any advantage to putting off signing up for Medicare? Do you have health insurance through your employer, Joey? Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, yeah you... and I was like, well, is, it, is there any... Do, do I get any benefit by putting it off, or? Oh, you mean like uh, so, like you do with Social Security and delaying the claiming uh, benefit with Social Security? Yeah. No, no. Right. In fact, you don't want to do that with Medicare. Well, if you if you still have coverage through your employer, then it 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 probably warrants a deeper look. So some employers will require you to go on Medicare when you turn 65 and their insurance becomes the secondary policy and is lesser coverage. Other employers will allow you to stay on your full benefit plan and your benefit may be better than what Medicare would cost you. So I would recommend 
having a conversation with your HR manager and or an insurance, an independent broker that can look at your current plan and help you compare what it would mean if you went on Medicare and you can see which one would be best coverage for you and most cost effective. So, so Medicare comes out of your Social Security? They, they take money out of your Social Security for Medicare? It does, unless you have not claimed Social Security, then you would pay premiums. Okay, so... So basically, you're paying for Medicare out of your Social Security. If you were if you were going to retire at 65, and you're you know you got to go on Medicare and you're going to collect Social Security, they're they're going to they're taking the payments for Medicare out of your Social Security. They will, but you are not required to do both. They are separate decisions. But yes, if you claim your Social Security, the Medicare premium will come out of Social Security. Right. So you're, I got you. So, I mean, you're kind of, so you're really paying for Medicare. You pay an insurance premium for it. Yes, it is medical insurance. So it's not really free. Well, the Part A is the hospital coverage. That's what you don't pay a premium for, but you pay a premium for your Part B, which is doctor's visits and regular co-pays. And so that's the part that you would either pay the Medicare premium or you may just want to stay on your um, your policy. So it's complicated, not exactly straightforward, but you have options and it would uh, probably be a good idea to look into all of your options to make the best decision. Yeah, that's. I'm getting. I guess at 63, I'm getting close to have to start figuring this stuff out. Yeah, I would say I probably by 64, you want to get um, get serious about it. That's when you'll probably start getting a lot of stuff in the mail, and people will start hounding you. <laughs> yeah, they. I've already started getting stuff okay. where you know, get get B, you know, pay, pay, you know, all the different plans, and I'm like, well, what plan do you got to have? Well, I don't know. It's like. Uh, you know, you're, uh, I'm, yes, I can see where you really, and I don't think the government's going to help you make that decision. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, can, I can see I'm going to have to find, figure something out on that. What's the best way to go about doing yeah, that? Yeah, start. I just got one more quick question. Sure. One more quick, quick question. Can you borrow against your 401k? You can. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you should. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm kind of, I was in a dilemma, and I was like, you know, uh, I, I was trying to figure out if it would be worthwhile borrowing against my 401k for about six months. I would encourage you and, to look at, explore other options than doing that, Joey, because uh, really 401k-type assets should be for retirement. Usually there's a better solution for a short, short-term need for money than either withdrawing from or borrowing from your 401k. Yeah, because I didn't want to withdraw from it, you know, because then you'd really take a beat. And then I was like, well, if you could borrow against it, then, you know, you're paying interest back to yourself, I guess. And I don't really know how it all works. Right. It's a, it's a complicated procedure that's usually handled um, by the 
401k plan administrator, which may be part of HR, or they might farm it out to somebody else. All right, Joey, thanks for those questions. They were good ones. We appreciate it. We're going to stay out in Virginia Beach right now and speak with Ken. Good evening, Ken. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. If I could double back to something you mentioned earlier, I have a dear friend of the family who was widowed uh, two years ago. Uh, She is now 62 years old and has not claimed against her deceased husband's Social Security yet. It sounds like she is of age to do that. Yes. Yes. Once you turn 60, you are eligible to claim a benefit from your deceased spouse's record as long as you were married for at least two years before they passed away. Yes, they were. And um, And go ahead. My follow up. Is there any advantage if she should wait till she's 65 or even 70? Or is that number going to be fixed? Yeah, good question. So. Does she have her own benefit? Do you know? Did she work? She, she does. She's currently working. She's not collecting now. She's 62. Okay. So this is a case where she has many options. So she has the option to claim either the widow's benefit or her own benefit and then eventually switch to the higher benefit. Um, but okay. it is complicated because if she claims now – both benefits will be reduced because it's before her full retirement age. And if she's still working, they could be reduced even further. Okay. So she really needs to go in and speak with someone. Um, I would recommend she make an appointment with Social Security and try to sit down and talk to them about it. Um, There are some great people at Social Security that can really help you, but there are also some that might not be as well-versed in this type of scenario. Um, Okay. Or she could reach out to someone like us, who we are pretty well-versed in Social Security claiming strategies and can help her come up with a game plan. Okay. So if if she does elect to wait a little bit longer until she's 65 or 70, that would be to her advantage, it sounds like. Yes. So the... Benefit Either benefit would be reduced if she claims before her full retirement age, but the widow's benefit does not increase after full retirement age. Her own benefit would. So there's a lot of strategy that could be used in her case, depending on which benefit's higher. Got it. Okay. Well, that answers my question. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. All right, Ken. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. All right, we're going to step aside, take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice. 
to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Or if you want to give us a call at the office, talk to a live human being, uh, kick the tires a little bit. Uh, you got questions from the show. We usually are able to follow up with those during the week as well. Give us a call at the office, 456-2200. Our next show will be on Tuesday, May 23rd at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't get this show live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. here on WNIS. Get it as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your leisure. All right, we're going to wrap up our key birthdays for people to remember to help enhance their financial situation. Yes, one last key age we want to talk about is the age when you have to begin taking required minimum distributions. So the past couple of tax law updates have made this very confusing. Almost everyone we talk to has a thinks it's a different age. Um, so I'll try to boil it down for you. If you are already... Uh, taking required minimum distributions, sorry, there's no change for you. You have to continue <laughs> taking them. Um, if you were born between 1951 and 1959, you now do not have to start taking required minimum distributions, that's withdrawals from any of your retirement accounts, um, until age 73. So a lot of people were thinking they had to start taking required minimum distributions this year. They were getting ready to turn 72, and the law changed to 73. So um, we got a stay of execution. You don't have to take any money out until age 73. For those of you born in 1960 or later, the age actually goes all the way out to 75. So... You know, it used to be 70 and a half, then it went to 72, and mm -hmm. now it's 73, and eventually it's going to be 75. It's quite the moving target. So I'm pretty sure I just confused everyone <laughs> instead of making that more simple. Uh, the government and uh, <laughs> the IRS confused everyone. Yeah. We're just trying to keep up. Right. So, um, you know, if you are not sure... Look it up. It is clearly outlined on irs.gov. Um, when the money comes out, it, it, the amount that has to come out is calculated each year. It's based on the account value at the end of the previous year and how old you are. It's a percentage of the account. Um, it has to come out, and you have to pay your tax on it. Um, but you don't have to necessarily spend it. You can spend it if you need it. A lot of people need that. That's fine. That can be your spending money. If you don't need it, it could be reinvested into a regular brokerage account for future spending needs. Or if you don't uh, need to use it and you are charitably inclined, you can donate it directly from your retirement account to a charity and it will satisfy your required minimum distribution, um, but it will not be taxable to you. So we love that strategy. 
All right, that's about all the time we have for tonight. But before we go, we're going to make a little announcement. I'm going to uh, sadly have to say goodbye to my broadcast partner, Allison, for just a few months this summer. Uh, She is going to take an extended sabbatical for a few months to uh, do some personal traveling and uh Get some relaxation, and what are, what are you what going to do? What am I going yeah. to do? Well, I'm trying not to jam-pack my schedule like I would normally jam, jam-pack my entire life <laughs> <laughs> nonstop. So um, I think we've probably talked about this on the air, but maybe not everyone knows. I also teach dance. So dance, I teach ballet and jazz and contemporary, and that's one of my passions outside of finance. And so I'm going to be traveling with my students to compete in Nashville this summer, which we are very excited about. We've been working really hard on that. Yeehaw. Yeah. (laughs) And um, some hiking with my Mm -hmm. husband and some visiting a family, but really just trying to decompress a little bit and um, take some some breathing space. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm happy that you can do it, and I'm happy that uh, you've got some good plans uh set up for that uh, i will be here uh throughout the summer uh, either by myself or we might bring in some of the other uh gang from wealthway financial advisors we've got uh, two associate financial advisors andrea and cody uh that are very integral into the operation of the firm and um we they might join me from time to time on the show here and Get them a little bit of exposure to the radio show and to help the local listeners here in Hampton Roads. Yeah, I was going to add that we we operate as fully as a team when we work with our clients. So um, while I hope I'll be missed a little bit, <laughs> I think it will it will we know it will be business as usual at the office for all of our clients or anyone who needs us. Right. So we're we're good with that. All right. So that's all the time we have for tonight. We'll be back in two. Uh, somebody will be back in two weeks on Tuesday, May 23rd at 6 p.m. Until then, if you want more information about us, check us out online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. For certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. <laughs>